stand about prayer. Um, but um, it's just a bit of a light hard to take, really, to get us started on this series about prayer. Um, and as Linda read um, in Luke 11, verse um, 1, it's the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. I think Homer's got some kind of idea about what prayer is, but perhaps isn't using it for quite the right reasons. Um, but before we start this series, I want to say I don't stand here this morning as an expert in prayer. I think I might be a little bit further forward than Homer. But I'm just a fellow believer, just like you, keen to develop my own prayer life. So, and that's what I'm here to help us all do as we start this series this morning. So, um, before I share, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you that you give us the gift of prayer. Help us this morning to just be open to what you want to say about it, Lord, and help us to deepen our understanding of how we can connect with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Christians, we frequently talk about prayer. We offer to pray for one another. We share prayer requests over WhatsApp in this church anyway, um, and we include prayer in our church services. And when people think about what makes a Christian, they might say, well, there's someone who prays. Of course, we know that people of other faiths also pray, and I'm certain that many people who wouldn't call themselves Christians most of the time also pray, particularly in a crisis or when they want something like Homer did. He was quite keen to have a new taste sensation, and he claimed that bacon and fudge was um, one of his answers to prayer. Um, as mature Christians, though, we can become a bit complacent in our walk with Jesus, and this can include in the area of prayer. And many of us here have already studied the prayer course at some point before. Um, but if you're anything like me, um, you learn a lot when you did it, and you even try to implement some of it. But over the years, things drift, you know, and those things that we learnt and we tried to implement suddenly aren't happening anymore, and we can benefit from a refresher. And maybe you're new to the idea of prayer, or you're a bit unsure about what it's all about. Perhaps you think you aren't very good at prayer, so you don't do it. But whatever stage you're at, I think as a team what we're hoping is that over the next eight weeks that you will grow in your prayer life individually, but also as a church we'll change perhaps some of our attitudes and approaches to prayer within our church family. And the material we're using throughout this course all comes from the prayer course written by Pete Gregg. So much of what's being shared has been written by him. And some of the readings, for example, are part of the prayer um, course and they're what's recommended for this week. Um, so we would encourage you throughout the series to go to the website and check out some of the videos and resources which will help you to just implement some of the things that we're going to be covering each week. So let's start off with what is prayer? You may pray yourself. You may see other people pray. What do you see? Closed eyes, perhaps? Clasped hands? Maybe you hear people speaking words, or maybe you don't. We all probably have a pretty stereotypical view of what prayer is. Here are just some of the pictures that you get when you search the word prayer. But what's actually going on when we see people with their eyes closed and their hands clasped? For most of us, we'd say in simple terms, prayer is about us being in communication with God and him communicating with us. However, of course, what we see in here is probably only one side of the conversation because we're not hearing the bit where God is speaking to them. 
And I think it would be fair to say, even if you're not normally a very talkative person when it comes to prayer, we often want to be the ones doing the talking rather than listening. But however, we have this saying, don't we, about God having created us with two ears and one mouth, and perhaps listening should be the bigger part of what prayer is. So here are some thought-provoking quotes from some respected theologians, Christian writers, and church leaders. Firstly, from Henry Nguyen, prayer is first of all listening to God. It's openness. God is always speaking. He's always doing something new. And Richard J. Foster puts it like this. Prayer is listening for the still small voice of God, listening with the ear of our hearts. And finally, some wise words on prayer from Archbishop Justin Welby. We can often think about prayer as a shopping list, going to God and asking him to do this, this and this. But prayer is so much more than that. It's a relationship. It's about opening our hearts to allow God to fill our lives with his presence, his wisdom and his love. Whatever we're bringing to God, our joys or our sorrows, our hopes or our despair, nothing is ever lost with God. He hears all of our prayers and when we pray with open hearts, we deepen our relationship with him. So if we want to explain to somebody what prayer is, in simple terms, I would say it's listening to God having an open heart to receive from him, bringing to God all of us and all of our stuff, whether that's the good or the bad, and ultimately having a relationship with God. So now we've sort of clarified what prayer really is, it may give us enough reasons to pray regularly, but maybe you're not quite sure. Perhaps you find you've got too much else to do to pray, or you're someone who just can't sit and listen to God, that's just really hard for you. And you may not even consider you've got a relationship with God, so you may wonder why you would bother to pray. You may even experience doubts that he even exists. So first and foremost, I think that we pray, or should be praying, because Jesus prayed. As Jesus' disciples, we should be following his ways. He's our example, he's our role model. We know that Jesus prayed a lot, but we know there are clear examples where he prayed prayers of thanksgiving before he broke bread, for example, when he had communion with his disciples. He prayed to his father to take away his suffering, and he prayed before he healed people. And as our goal is to become more like Jesus, as Christians, that must mean we are people who pray. Secondly, we pray because we want to sustain our relationship with our Heavenly Father, Relationships wither and die if we don't communicate with one another. We all know that, don't we? If we don't see people, talk to them, we don't talk to our partner, all of those things, things can often become difficult in our relationship. And prayer is the primary way that we connect with the Father. It's the time and place where we can be open and honest with him, and he can be the same with us. It's also a time when God can lavish his love upon us, where we can sit in his presence and experience his love. And when we can really hear him, because we block out the distractions of the rest of the world. So prayer is a time of intimacy with God. And thirdly, prayer enables us to connect with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a bit like spiritual dynamite, providing limitless power and solutions to situations that are dead, dry and impossible. When we don't pray, or we don't pray often though, we too can become dry and our faith in God can grow cold. We pray because we need to remain connected to the Father, Son, and the Spirit. 
It's essential to our survival and in it, you know, right now, but also for eternity that we're in community with um, Father, Son and Spirit. And as Martin Luther put it, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. There are lots of other reasons why we pray, and much of these will be covered by the other speakers in the coming weeks. Prayer enables us to thank God and praise him, and that's known as adoration, which James will be covering next week. It's the way that we ask God to help us or others, known as petition and intercession, and it's the way we seek protection for us and others as we seek to follow God, known as spiritual warfare, and it's the way we hear God through listening and contemplation. I read a quote earlier about prayer being like the air that we breathe. The difference between breathing and praying, I would say, is that breathing is automatic. We don't need to think about it. And we don't have to learn how to do it. But prayer for most of us is not something that is automatic. Prayer is a spiritual discipline and it's by its very nature we need to learn how to do it, we need to develop it and practice it so it becomes regular and it becomes an automatic part of our life, it becomes part of our routine, it becomes part of everything that we are and all that we do as a Christian. But just like if you take up a new exercise regime or try introducing a new food into your diet, it takes time for this spiritual discipline to become part of your daily life. It's not going to be a quick fix. You're not just going to start doing it tomorrow and it's all going to be okay. It's going to have to take time and you're going to have to bed it in and you're going to have to practice. And Jesus helped his disciples to learn how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And in the prayer course, Pete Gregg suggests that we can use the Lord's Prayer as either a model to help us to know what to pray and as a map to help us to know how to pray. As a model, the Lord's Prayer is like a poem that can be learned and repeated frequently. I'm pretty sure the vast majority of you in here looking at what age we all are probably learned the Lord's Prayer at school. And it is something that is automatic and is embedded in our memory. We don't really have to think about it. The lines are familiar and we can recall them really easily. And using the Lord's Prayer in that way gives us the words when sometimes we don't know what to pray. And we'll have all been in situations where we're like, we know we need to pray, but we just don't know what to say. And the Lord's Prayer gives us a starting point. It helps us to know what to pray. And the Christian writer Kim, Kim Keller recommends that we prayer should be done regularly, persistently, resolutely and tenaciously, at least daily, whether we feel like it or not. And the Lord's Prayer enables us to have something that we can use for that because we don't even really have to think about it very much. It's something that we have built within us for many of us and it's something that will help us to get started. As a map, the Lord's Prayer can guide and direct us into how we should pray. So when I was a teacher of children with additional needs, I used lots of sentence starters because they can't do blank pages and they often don't know where to start. So you provide them with a sentence starter. No one likes having a blank page and sometimes we can have a bit of a blank mind when it comes to prayer. So the Lord's Prayer can provide us with prayer starters in a way using each line to help to prompt us to pray for a specific area or situation. So, for example, our Father prompts us to pause and pray for our families. Hallowed be your name is an invitation to worship. Let your kingdom come is an opportunity to request help for particular people, places and situations on our heart. Give us this day our daily bread invites us to pray about our most practical needs. 
And forgive us our sins is a challenge to name the ways in which we've sinned and to, you know, confess those to God. So what I want to do now is I want to give my voice a rest and you a rest from listening to me. And I'm going to put another video on. And I just want to show you this short spoken word video, which is entitled, Why Pray? It's hard to talk about prayer because people in me. You see, it's hard to talk about prayer because people immediately assume that they know. They've already made up their mind, already given it a go. We take it at surface value, accepting the superficial definition, a definition defined by society, our jobs, or even religion. We shut down the possibilities because we limit prayer to our experience. But our experience is not the truth because it was limited by our expectance. And we think that prayers are not relevant, but my friend, prayer is the only element necessary for our survival, for our development. Now the Bible doesn't describe prayer as an optional accessory. When you pray, or this is how you pray, it's an absolute necessity. I'm a Christian, but I don't pray. That sounds like quite a contradiction. I'm a guitarist, but I don't play. Now there's a concept we wouldn't listen. To help you understand, let me clear up by what prayer isn't. Prayer is not wishful thinking. It's not a pastime for the dying. It's not a hobby for good people. It's not performance and it's not trying. It's not limited to a church. It's not wasted time. It's not speaking to yourself, trying to convince your mind. We're not listing off of a shopping list in hopes that he might come through. He's not a genie in a lamp. He wants relationship with you. See, we're not praying to a painting of a figure on a cross, but the one who crossed the gap so that we wouldn't be lost. He's still alive today and he's waiting for us. It's more tragic than Romeo when we don't show him love. To not pray is to say, God, I can make it on my own. It's to reject the tour guide and climb the mountain alone. It's scrambling in deep waters, barely managing to float, while he stands on the shore offering a lifeboat. Sure, we pray when we need things or when a tragedy occurs. We throw up all our complaints and all of our blaming words. Is prayer your steering wheel or is it just a spare tire? Do you pray in good times or just when things are dire? See, prayer is to a Christian what an engine room is to a ship. It's the powerhouse, the motor, and without it we would sink. And Martin Luther said, to pray is like taking a breath. If we're not praying, then it's a sign that we're spiritually dead. Prayer requires faith. That's believing what you cannot see. It's living in his promise and not in our own reality. It's seeing your freedom while you're still in these chains. It's believing in healing while still feeling pain. Now be aware of this spiritual battle. Don't just see with the eyes of men. And if a prayer remains unanswered, pray and pray again. Maybe you aren't a prayer, or maybe you've let your prayer life drift, or you feel a bit disconnected from God this morning. But I hope that video has inspired you to commit to developing your prayer life, whether for the first time or the hundredth time. 
So where to start? There's some simple things that you can do from today that will help you. Develop the habit or discipline of a quiet time. Such a busy world we live in, isn't it? What is a quiet time? For some of us, it may be just literally getting to work five minutes early and sitting in your car in the quiet. It could be going for a walk. Quiet times come in all sorts of different forms and you have to find what works for you. Start small and build up. You know, the biggest thing that kills off people praying is them feeling they've got to do it for hours on end. If you start with five minutes, that's great and build up from there. And consider having several short periods of prayer throughout the day. What about praying in the morning, lunchtime and in the evening? And do what works for you. You know, some people just can't sit still. They need to prayer walk. They need to do something else. And that is absolutely fine. God created us all uniquely. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Or in the words of Pete Gregg, keep it simple. Your prayer life is at its best, at its simplest. Don't make it complicated. God doesn't need that. And don't make it too hard on yourself. Don't set too high expectations. Keep it real. Don't role play before God. You cannot hide from God. We try to, but we cannot. He already knows what is on our hearts. He knows what our prayers are. But saying big, complicated words, religious words, God doesn't need it. He knows what you need. You can literally be babbling or say nothing at all, and he knows what you need. What he needs is your heart, and he needs your honesty. One of the things I've been really challenged about, you know, I work with families where their children have autism and ADHD. Some children are non-verbal. They don't speak. That doesn't stop them from being able to pray just because we can't hear them pray. We need to be very mindful of not making judgments about what we think prayer is and how people do it. And keep it up. Don't give up praying too soon, Pete Gregg says. Remember, God isn't a fictitious genie from a lamp. He's your heavenly father. He wants to hear from you regularly, and he knows the right time for your prayers to be answered according to his plans and purposes, and that won't always tie in with when we want the answers. So remember, there's some really great resources on the prayer course website, and don't forget to look at some of those to give you some more tips on how to develop a quiet time and some simple prayer formats to get you started praying daily if that's not something you're already doing. And if in doubt, just to reassure you, Pete Gregg's got some great words here. The best way to start praying, therefore, is to actually stop praying, to pause, to be still, to put down your prayer list and surrender your own personal agenda. Stop talking at God long enough to focus on the wonder of who he actually is, to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So with that in mind, I'm going to stop talking. I've shared a lot this morning, but we need to go back to where we started, which is back into God's presence. So I'm going to play a song that is just something for you to listen to, that I hope will help you to bring your focus back to God, because at the moment you've been listening to me, and you need to get back to listening to God. And at the end of the song, I'm going to come back and just invite the Holy Spirit to meet with us. This is not something anybody should be worrying about or being fearful of. The Holy Spirit is already here. The Holy Spirit is inside us as believers. The Holy Spirit is already present. It is just God's presence with us. Okay, so I'm going to 
invite the Holy Spirit after the song, and it's just about listening. Remember, this is what I said right at the beginning. You know, prayer is primarily about listening. And I'm going to give us five minutes of actual listening time, which will probably feel like an eternity because for us humans in this fast-paced world, you know, it, silence just seems such an uncomfortable thing. But five minutes, I think we need to give God five minutes of our listening time this morning as we start this prayer course. <laughs> 